fun and welcome to another pap chat productivity app chat today we have scott friesen from simpletivity a youtube channel great youtube channel i've been following for a long time learned lots of little uh, tricks tips hacks and uh, general methodology philosophy about productivity and uh, being being productive uh, what, what 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 is the saying uh oh you're gonna have to remind me what would you say every video go well, on what, get, what's your get, line? get more done and enjoy less stress <laughs> That's it. That's it. I love it. I'm pretty sure that's what I titled the video. Uh, enjoy less stress. So, Scott, do you want to do a quick intro as to what, what you do outside of YouTube, maybe, or just in, as, a, as a general overview? Who are you and what do you do? Absolutely. Well, first off, Danny, thanks so much for having me on the live stream uh, today. Excited for today's uh, today's conversation. Yeah, but for those who may have not have heard of myself or the Simpletivity channel, um, I actually refer to myself as a busyness killer, helping people to avoid the trap of just busyness or being busy and staying on the productive side of that equation, because I think there's too many of us who use those terms synonymously, right? We think if we're being busy, we must be being productive as well. But uh, of course, that is simply not the case. Those are two very distinct things. So I aim to help both individuals and organizations to work at their productive best. And as we just mentioned, not only to help them get more done, but hopefully to enjoy less stress at the same time. So whether that's through one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, whether that's through consulting, uh, providing training and webinars, and of course my content uh, here on the Simpletivity channel, uh, again, helping both organizations, small and large, and many individuals to be at their productive best. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So I do have, for those wondering, I do have the channel linked in the description if anyone wants to check it out and they haven't already. Um, Kim, good to see you. And Nerdy Nation here, also good to see you. And I'm sure there will be lots of people on the replay as well watching. Uh, so, Scott, first question you may have seen on my channel, Notion. Um, I know you've explored Notion very briefly. What are your first thoughts, just to get it out of the way and off of everyone's mind? What are your thoughts of Notion as an application tool? Well, my my relationship with Notion has has certainly grown over the over the years, and I think that's a that's a that's a really big positive because if I look at some of the other tools that I've adopted quite heavily, and perhaps have talked about quite a lot on the channel itself, um, I find it's very similar to like a, a really good song or maybe a really good album. Is like the first time you hear you you hear it, you're like, that's okay, you know, like that's all right. And then you go a week and you and you hear it again. You're like, yeah, actually, that's that's pretty good. And then eventually, you know, six months down the line, you're like, that's my favorite album <laughs> of the year or all time. And I've had that experience with other applications, including something like Trello, which I speak quite broadly about on my channel. But yeah, I probably first uh, was introduced to Notion roughly three years ago. And and I liked the flexibility of it, right? I mean, that's I think what many people fall in love with when it comes to Notion is just the various different directions you can take it. I'll admit I was a little bit skeptical because, of course, on the Notion homepage, they sort of present themselves as this all-in-one tool. And whenever someone says, you know, they're they're the do-it-all or the 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 all-in-one solution. You know, I, I'm a little hesitant. I think most people should be a little hesitant because, you know, you know, there's going to be a weak spot somewhere, something that they perhaps don't do quite as well. But very impressed with with the way in which you can, uh, you know, branch out and organize your workspaces, um, collaborate with others. I particularly probably one of my favorite features and what I've been using uh, Notion most frequently for is the simple database options, right, to, to quickly and easily set up a database and even use some of the uh, formulas, right? And to do some uh, simple calculations on those uh, factors. I don't need a spreadsheet. I don't wanna open up Excel or something like that. I want something within a project or something that I can, can add and, and customize and something that looks good. And so those are some of my big, um, uh, I guess, uh, benefits or, or praise that I have for Notion. The one thing that I will say uh, on my evaluation and, and as, I, as I get this question a lot from my users and from other people, is that I think it really comes down to your comfort level with having so much control, right? If you like to noodle around and really adjust everything and customize and, and not be afraid to break something at the same time, well, then Notion might be the perfect tool for you. 
Having said that, there's a large number of users who I think they like some of the maybe firmer or tighter boundaries over what can be done or what can't be done. And they can sort of go back or, or not accidentally delete a column or, or an entire field or, or something like that. So I think a lot of it comes down to the, to the individual user and their comfort level. But you know, Notion had a, a fantastic 2020. They're, they're only on the, on the up and up. And uh, I'll know, I, I can say that, honestly, I'm using Notion much more frequently myself as well. Interesting, interesting. I completely agree. Everything that you have said, I have mentioned numerous times on the channel uh, and, in the, and in, the, in the Notion Nerds podcast. So you mentioned you're using Notion. Is, is, is that a, an active use in task management, project management, note taking? What's, what, what's your use and what, what tools do you use on a day-to-day on -day basis? Absolutely. So, so when it comes to myself and Notion, I'd say it's primarily a note slash brainstorming tool. You know, I, I find it's it's very easy to to bring in those web links or or embed uh, you know a web page or things that I want to reference. Again, I, I already mentioned sort of the the, the table structure, which I, I really love to quickly develop something rather simply. I haven't really used it so much from a task management perspective. Again, on that front, I'm relying much more heavily, still relying quite, quite a bit more heavily on Trello. For example, when it comes to my own YouTube content scheduling, you know, I have a, a fairly, actually, I wouldn't say it's that complex, but I've, you know, I've got a, a fairly specific board that I'm using within Trello for that process, tracking things tracking things throughout its certain uh, its certain stages. Um, you know, the other thing, and, and maybe this is um, uh, another differentiator when it comes to Notion versus some of the other tools, I do find it's maybe a bit of a harder sell, depending on who you're working with, you know, your colleagues, um, if you're working with a contractor or something like that, to educate them on how to use Notion and how to set things up. Whereas again, a few other things such as Trello, I think it's a little more spoon fed, right? It's a little more intuitive to get up and running. So I'm still managing a lot more of my task management and, and my project management through the uh, through the Trello side of things. But, uh, but again, it's sort of making up where Trello cannot really do notes at an effective way unless it's attached specifically to a task or a card, for example, um, that's I think where I'm using Notion a lot more, uh, a lot more frequently. Um, anyone who is a subscriber to the Simpletivity channel will know I am very much ingrained in the Google ecosystem. So as a result, Google Keep uh, or Keep Notes on the app. I don't know why they keep switching back and forth, <laughs> or why they have that differentiation between the uh, between the two. But Google Keep, nonetheless, is, is also a core part of my note taking. And I'd say where it differentiates there is that because Google Keep is so lightning quick and fast, uh, both on the desktop, but especially on mobile devices, that's sort of my, my quick brain dump or brain sweep or, or just a quick idea. Notion, because of all of its branching and, and, and folders and subfolder setup, that's where I'm going to do more brainstorming. But if it's just sort of something really quick, hey, there's a, this is a note that, that only has a lifespan of 48 hours. I'm going to put that in Google Keep or give myself a voice note or something like that. So Keep is, is still very prominent in my, my own sort of productivity toolbox. But I would say just a, a different type of uh, note taking than what I'm doing in Notion. I'm glad you said that because I've uh, you may have seen I've explored quite a few applications and I find that you have some post-it note applications like Google Keep, Super Notes, Insert, whatever application where they're great for the quick capture but less so for brainstorming. And then you have some of the more uh, front-thinking, front-facing applications like Rome, Obsidian, Ample Note. I know you've recently uh, recently explored on Keep Productive's channel where they're more brainstorming, bi-directional linking, maybe linking with tasks here and there. And Notion, again, I think fits in that, that sort of realm. Um, we, I'm going to quickly address Yusuf's question. Have you guys used TickTick? I know for me, I have used TickTick. I've used most of the, the main core applications. So I have used it. I wouldn't say I dislike it, but I don't personally use it. What about you? 
I have used TickTick, and and I I really like uh, what they've done. Especially, I know they're often compared to Todoist, and yes. in fact, I I have a video that that sort of compares or contrasts the uh, the two. However, having said that, I know many people who've gone from Todoist to TickTick absolutely swear by it. So I number one, I like sort of the clean layout of of TickTick. I mean, it's it's a little more clean. I think with a bit more of a mature product like Todoist, you've got more bells and whistles, you've got more maybe collaboration and integrations. That's not always a, a great thing or an ideal thing. You know, we, we, we look at these products, I think like Evernote and Todoist, and sometimes the problems they get themselves into is they're just trying to do too many things, right? They're just trying to serve too many audiences or or too many outcomes. So so TickTick, I think, has done a nice job of keeping it simple, a nice touch for those of us uh, either productivity nerds or who are familiar with the uh, Pomodoro technique or, or using a timer, having that built right into TickTick, I think it's just, it's just, I mean, it's a nice to have. It's, it's nothing yeah. terribly special. Of course, the other applications could be doing that as well, but, uh, but certainly, uh, certainly like what, uh, what TickTick is doing. Yeah, they also have their uh, their habits, their habit tracking in there as well, which which I quite like. Something that I did find interesting when comparing Todoist and TickTick is I know Todoist, Todoist has the natural language processing with today, tomorrow, in three days. But TickTick, when you're on the phone, you can hold down on the plus button and it will automatically go to voice recording. Whereas in TickTick, you have to go into your, your keypad and then click on the voice. I thought that's one of those small, nice usability touches that I thought, that's, that's quite nice. <laughs> Very small nuanced feature it, there. It's, it's the little things, right? And if you're using that type of functionality can make a big difference. Yes, yeah, definitely. So you mentioned Notion for your, your brainstorming and you mentioned Google Keep for your quick capture, quick notes. Um, how, how, do, how does that match together? Do you take a quick note from Google Keep and then put it into Notion? Or like, what, what does that process typically look like? Yeah, I, I would say 90% of the time, I, I sort of know where that note is either going or or maybe should I say I've got a really good idea of what the lifespan of that note is going to be. So um, I, I will say, for example, I probably have just as much, if not more, personal notes within Google Keep. And we're talking things like, uh, you know, like a shopping list. We're talking things like, uh, uh, you know, maybe the specs of something that I'm going to go investigate down at the Home Depot just to make sure I've got the right measurements here at home or, or something like that. Uh, again, uh, some examples of relatively short-term notes, right? They're not going to have a terribly long uh, lifespan. The other thing that I will use uh, Google Keep um, perhaps over something like Notion is for recurring checklists, right? So I'll use the checklist function within Google Keep for like my travel checklist. Now I know I'm not traveling at the moment. Many of us probably haven't done much traveling at all in the past year, but I still use that as an example, right? That, you know, when I, when I travel for business, there's, there's a set of not just clothing, but other things I want to make sure I've got packed in my bag. And even though I can probably memorize it perfectly nine times out of 10, you don't want to show up, uh, you know, halfway across the continent, and and you've forgotten something valuable. So, so using that type of functionality within Google Keep, Notion, on the other hand, um, probably a recent example for me, I run a live online course um, uh, two times a year called the Reset Productivity Bootcamp, and I'm just in the verge of sort of doing a bit of a a major upgrade. I'm, I'm personally calling it Reset 2.0. That's not going to be the public name, but that's what I'm, that's sort of its working name as I take the best of what I've done so far over the last three years and now just sort of refine it for my next, uh, my next offering. So within Notion, I've got a workspace called, you know, Reset uh, Course 2.0 where I'm doing a lot of brainstorming, the things that work, the things that didn't work, feedback from past participants, um, what I'm going to change, some of the new technology that I'm going to be um, adjusting for the next version of the course. So I know that's going to branch out and evolve and certainly doesn't have a short <laughs> expiration date. So, so those would be perhaps some examples of how I differentiate between the two. Um, yeah, of course, there's going to be some times where that information from Keep might come over or I might carry it over into Notion. But in most cases, I, I sort of have a, a good knowledge of, of where their, their routes are or where the lifespan of this note is going. 
Yes, I, I like that application. I, I, I mean, I, I know it's not, nothing for me to judge, but a lot of people use things like Notion, potentially because of the all-in-one app branding that they put on it. ClickUp do the same thing. I'm not a fan um, where, where it's an all-in-one app and they think to put everything in there. And although you can, it doesn't mean you should. Um, it's, it's, it's something I like to say with a, a lot of the applications. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Uh, having said that, I don't know whether you know, but uh, inline maths inside of Notion, I made a Mario. I, just because I can doesn't mean I should, but it was fun. It was enjoyable for me. <laughs> Um, which obviously box applications you can't quite do that. Uh, so I, uh, you, you've mentioned you mentioned the notes and you mentioned Trello. I know you use your Google Calendar a lot, and I know you've mentioned you use your events in your Google Calendar rather than Google Tasks. Do you still use Google Tasks along with the Google Keep workflow, or is it just Calendar Keep? It's it's interesting. I I am still primarily uh, using my method, which and and I, I refer to this as my method because I I'm not sure who else has either you know touched on this or or produced content on it and so forth. It, at least at least looking at the comments of my videos, it seems like it's the first time that most people have either heard of that concept or or use that. And for those who are not familiar, it, it's very very simple. As again, my name or the the channel's name, Simpletivity, suggests is simply using the all day events area for your tasks, and maybe not for every single task. You know, especially the uh, you know the the minutia or the or the the small recurring things, but especially for your most important ones, the ones you can't ignore, the ones that you don't want to hide. And the benefit there is that you know if it's an all day event, you you can't hide it. It's always going to be pinned to the top of your day, whether you're looking at a day view or a weekly view. It's really sort of hard to ignore. Now, one of the nice things with Google Tasks is that um, just this past year, I believe it was in 2020, Google Tasks um, allowed you to see Google Tasks on the mobile version of Google Calendar. And that was a big, big gap for most users, although they liked the redesigned uh, tasks feature within Google. They liked the side panel when they were when they're using uh, Google products on the desktop. If you were using Google Tasks, if you were invested in it, you had to, I mean, you still need to install the product. You still need to have the app on your phone. But even if you had it on your phone, none of it was showing on Google Calendar. And that was really jarring for, for a lot of users, I think holding a lot of users back. Anyhow, finally, they fixed that or they addressed that issue. So now you can see all of your tasks along with your reminders, um, not just on the desktop version, but on the mobile version as well. So I think that is going to bring a lot of other people um, over. There is still, of course, a few things that are maybe lacking within Google Tasks. Just the other day, I had someone ask a comment about you know search functionality, which is which is essentially like non non-existent when it comes to Google Tasks. I mean, that's that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big gap there, right? If you can't search by a, by a keyword, if you're only being able to sort by name or by due date and and that type of thing. So for myself personally, I'm still sticking with my with my calendar uh, functionality, and and I think part of that. Um, you know, it's also coming out of habit, right, is, is using that system for such a lengthy period of time. The last thing I'll mention when it comes to this topic, because I get this question a lot, is that if you include your tasks as an all-day event, they don't carry over, right? They're an all-day event. They're truly an all-day event. So nothing is going to push it over to the next day if you leave it there. And I have often said that that can actually be a benefit, uh, one of the things that I'm um, uh, quoted as saying is that, you know, limitations can be liberating. And I think this is a good example of that because, because they will not carry over. They will not automatically carry over like a Google task or like a reminder or other tasks such as Todoist and other applications. It sort of forces you to engage more deeply with your calendar and with your to-do list system. So, you know, I can't just I can't just blow off an afternoon or a day and just like, oh, all those tasks will catch up with me tomorrow. It forces me to say, okay, these two things I'm still going to get done today. I'll carry these ones over and that type of thing. But I think that's actually a plus. I think sometimes having a, a small amount of manual effort can actually help you be more engaged and be more on top you know, not just let the technology, because again, if you let the technology do it for you, you're probably going to run into trouble in the long run anyhow. 
Yes, and I'm I'm so glad you said that because I so uh, John uh, and no, another Notion nerd he he loves his automations and his his Zapier Integromat and things and we had a discussion a while back about note taking and clipping things into our database and I said I like to have it there so I need to manually add something to it do something with it so I have a decision to make um, and at the time John disagreed he's now coming around um, but the the manual decision of going I need to to do something with this, otherwise it will be left behind. It, it makes you think about something. It makes it deliberate. It's not just, oh, my bot will do this, or my app will do this, or the trigger will do that. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you said that. We're on the same side. <laughs> I I, th I think this also can be a little comforting for for those who are maybe coming from a notebook or a paper planner, where of course it's all manual. You got to carry things. Excuse me. You got to carry things over or scratch something out or move it to another page or to another date. And a lot of people really find comfort and swear by those more analog or traditional tools precisely for those reasons, right? There's, there's just a little more engagement as, as a part of it. The other thing uh, on that same note is, of course, we know that Todoist and most to-do list or task managers have a single button or a single option to just defer everything, right? Like just defer it all to tomorrow or defer these three things to Monday or something along those lines. Again, if you have to say, if you have to look at every single one and make a conscious effort as to where you are moving it, number one, are you moving it at all or do you need to do it today or where you are moving it? Because I mean, how many people have used a to-do list manager? They wake up Monday morning, they got 27 things that are waiting for them because they spent much of last week or maybe not much, but several minutes every day, just deferring to next week, deferring to next week, deferring to next week. And now it's all piled up on a given day. So, so yeah, making it a little more tangible, being a little more hands-on with your to-dos. Yeah, I can, I can certainly say I'm guilty of that. I may be, I may be having a, a productivity style channel, but that doesn't mean I'm productive all the time. <laughs> Uh, Sana has has a good question in chat. Any calendar alternatives you'd suggest other than Google slash Notion, something that works better for mobile? So I wouldn't say Notion on mobile is good at all anyway, <laughs> just from my personal experience perspective and looking at the community. I would say Google is my go-to. Uh, I personally still use Google Calendar on my mobile. I can't think of anything other than Outlook as, as the, the obvious competitor or something like Woven that attaches itself onto Google Calendar. Can you? I, I think we're probably in the same uh, same boat here is that, you know, really, and, and you bring up Woven, which I think is a good, good suggestion for those who are either trying to bring in multiple calendars, especially if you happen to be using both um, Google Calendar and Outlook. I know for many of us, we don't have the, the freedom or the choice. Maybe you have to use Outlook at work, but you prefer using Google Calendar in your personal life. So Woven can be a great tool to sort of bring all of that together. But yeah, I mean, here we are, it's 2021. And really those are still by far the two most dominant choices. And even when we start looking at other options or other calendar tools, in most cases, you know, the foundation or they are they are being supported by one of those two, right? You're, you're linking it or you're tapping it into uh, either GCAL or, uh, or Outlook. Um, I do like, now I, I, I haven't tested Woven as thoroughly as perhaps I should when it comes to mo the mobile version. I, th I do think they have a little bit of um, room to grow uh, there when it comes to, uh, to the mobile side of things. But at least when it comes to the desktop version, um, you know, I, uh, I love uh, their templating. I love their tagging within the calendar. I love some of the data and analytics that Woven provides. And then of course, the nice thing, because it's just using your other calendars. I mean, if, if you're all right with this, maybe you love the Woven desktop interface and how easy it is to schedule meetings with other people. Maybe the fallback is you use Google Calendar or Outlook on your mobile device when you're using mobile. I guess it really boils down to where you're spending more of your time when using your calendar. Yeah. Completely agree. And even even people, I think Fantastical is a Mac only uh, application, but people that use Fantastical or Fantastical 2 or whatever the number is or any other application, I, I would class them as sort of clothing applications. You've got the, the main app being Google Calendar and then you have whatever <laughs> whatever features and flashy suits that you can put on it 
essentially it's Google Calendar. Uh, I know Keep Productive, so Francesco from Keep Productive recently, or did a video around essentially the, the clothing cap apps <laughs> of, of calendar calendar applications. So there, there are loads out there. All of them essentially do the same thing. Uh, it would just be, how do you want it to look? Uh, how do you want it to look? And maybe there's a couple of features in one app that may be used more than another, but again, you, you need to know what you're looking for, I think, in that case, rather than just going, what's the best one? It's for you, your use case. Would you would you agree with that one? Absolutely. And I think we can expand that beyond just calendars. We can expand that to, to productivity tools as a whole. And, you know, I think, um, you know, we all work a little bit differently. We all analyze um, uh, our tasks and, and process our communication a little bit differently. Um, you know, even just that dimension, that simple dimension of desktop versus mobile. Um, you know, for someone like myself who does the overwhelming majority of my work on a desktop computer, um, you know, mobile, I, I almost look as, at least when it comes to my own uh, work style and work life, is almost like a bonus, right? It's convenient, it's easy and so forth. But if I need to do some serious work, I, I'm getting in front of my, my, my big screen, my big screen monitor, well, it's not even that big, but, but bigger screen monitor and, and mechanical keyboard, like I, I wanna get down to work and, uh, and, and do that type of thing. So for me, it can be surprising to find someone, even though there's millions of people out there who do 90% of their work on their phone or perhaps a tablet and, and that type of thing. So we all, yeah, ex exactly. We all work differently. You need to find something that works the best for you and your specific work style. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dawn, thank, thank you very much. Look at that. Awesome, awesome guest. She's, she's calling you an awesome guest, Scott. Thank you, Don. <laughs> Um, so uh, when, when it comes to, you mentioned Trello and we've gone over tasks. Do you have your projects all in Trello with the tasks, subtasks, checklists, etc., in Trello and leave the main tasks to Google Calendar? Or how, how do you do that? Is it you put your, your project in your Google Calendar as an event for a task and then have the bulk of that project in Trello? Yeah, great, great question. So, so when it comes to my use of, of Trello, one thing that I, I don't have, and I guess that's really what where Google or Google Calendar specifically is, is playing that role, is my daily to-do list, right? So that, that's where I'm coming to time and time again. And you know, one of the big benefits there is that I never have to remind myself to look at my calendar. Right. And I've never met someone else either who like I've had to get on them like, you know, you're just not dealing. You're just not looking at your calendar often enough. And that's where I think a lot of people find benefit in this system is that they don't have to remember to open up another tab or open up another application or, or go grab their phone or whatever the case, whatever the case may be. So for me, you know, getting getting back to sort of uh, boundaries or maybe definitions of my work, um, uh, typically it's going to have to be a part of some type of project for me to create a board in Trello, right? There's some type of uh, project with moving parts, multiple tasks, probably you know deadlines that are that are at least a month, if not longer, out. And and of course, collaborators might play a part of that as well if there's someone else collaborating with it. So um, you know, uh, two examples that that uh, I think I may have already mentioned my my YouTube uh, content calendar, my my the way I schedule out and plan out my content is all managed in Trello. Um, until recently, until I started uh, experimenting more and using Notion more, that reset 2.0 revision um, was being kept in Trello. In fact, although the brainstorming, the the um, uh, what I'm gonna be doing next is now in Notion, the actual nuts and bolts of the course in terms of you know uh, dates and when I'm promoting and, and the uh, scheduling of the actual course itself, I'm still keeping that in Trello. There's some automation and some things there, but uh, again, it's sort of a defined project, right? There, there's a project there. So um, when it comes to what I'm seeing or what I'm keeping track of in Google Calendar, it may be as simple as blocking out some time and saying, okay, I'm gonna spend two hours on this reset course project. And that may be all it's titled in my Google Calendar, just meaning I need to now jump into my Trello board to find the exact task or, or the next step for me to, uh, to do so. Um, you know, one of the tasks right now, speaking of tech, is I'm in the process of transitioning 
um, my email uh, marketing client. So I've been using MailChimp um, essentially the last five years. Uh, MailChimp's been been very good to me. I mean, it's it's a fairly straightforward system and so forth. Um, however, a lot of the direction I find where MailChimp has been going and the additional features are not so valuable to me. Like they're, they're not so valuable to me. I'm not selling physical products. Um, you know, I'm not doing uh, much advertising through social media. So a lot of the features that they've added over the last few years, and of course, for, for many of you, if, for those who perhaps have used MailChimp before or not, it's pretty expensive. It can really add up, you know, the more email subscribers that you add. So I'm just in the process of transitioning from MailChimp to uh, MailerLite um, as my uh, as my new uh, tool of choice. And so I've been spending a lot of time experimenting with it and making sure, right, making sure yeah. that it's the right fit for me as I make the uh, as I make the transition. So in my calendar, anyhow, I, I share this with you because in my calendar, you know, I'll have something that says, you know, work on um, uh, you know, email marketing transition or, you know, email marketing transition uh, and whether that's a block of time or maybe it's just a single to-do list item as an all-day task, then basically what I'm doing is I'm referencing, you know, that project within Trello and saying, oh yeah, this is where I left off in the transition. This is the last thing I did. Now I know where I uh, need to take this or, or the next step. So sometimes it's just as simple as a reference uh, in Google Calendar and then the, the details or the, the gore, the guts of that project can be found in, in Trello, sometimes Notion. Right, I like it. So, so it's it's interesting. So, I I use my phone as a as a notification center and, and notifications for everything. That's YouTube, social media, all of that sort of stuff. They all come through my phone. Um, and it sounds like you're using Google as your notification center for your for your actions. Essentially, the the actionable data, the the things you need to do, and then Notion is the the the, the messy messy behind the scenes sorting your thoughts out. <laughs> Absolutely, you, you could almost look at it as Google Calendar is my my front of stage, right? It's it's where the audience is, but but yeah, where where the dress rehearsal, where the change of costumes, all of that's happening back in in Notion or or Trello somewhere. Right, right. I like it. I I like that. I like that analogy as well, using the stage because we all know what backstage looks like. <laughs> well, if you don't, it's it's not clean. <laughs> not not pretty. Not pleasant. No, no. Uh, Kim made a really good point. Uh, I think there are very few tools who are great both on mobile and desktop. I think that is very true. I I very rarely find a tool that is good on both applications. I think that's typically because uh, I, I've said this a couple of times on stream when exploring apps. Unless you're a big company building apps, something like um, Atlassian building Trello, Confluence and things, or Google, Microsoft, they don't necessarily have the team or the structure or the, the people behind them to develop both at the same time on all the platforms everywhere. So they need to focus somewhere. Um, have you found an app other than a Google or a, or a big app that that does well on both. Yeah, I, I think I think you know important thing here is is to maybe address how how we're defining good on both because I think sometimes I can give a, a fairly uh, positive or favorable review to a tool that has recreated perhaps the desktop experience very well. So I think one of the things that really attracted me uh, to Trello, and I know there's many other Trello users who like this, is that the experience on the mobile version of Trello is almost the same in terms of the cards and the lists. It all sort of functions. Even the layout is very much the same. Now, there is going to be some limitations. Uh, yeah. Usually there always is when you're going to mobile, but um, it it looks and feels the same. And so that's where I'll give something like Trello pretty pretty high marks is that, you know, it, okay, this behaves. It, it, it looks and feels. I can, I can move things across. I can add a new card. Um, I get what's going on here. Um, but, but yeah, that can be hard to find. I know uh, just about a month ago, I think it was a month or two ago, I decided to do some work with um, Airtable, and so I had set up uh, a pretty simple, pretty simple table on the desktop version. And then when I installed the mobile version, I was appalled. 
Like I was, I was almost embarrassed. I was almost embarrassed for the application. I'm like, this is what you came up with as a, as a mobile solution here. And, and, you know, talking about, you know, getting some gains, you know, if we're looking at something like Notion, and I know there's a lot of users who, who are maybe coming from Airtable or comparing Notion to, to something like, something like Airtable. But I was, I was really, you know, to be quite frank, I was really quite surprised yeah. at at the at the mobile version there because it's it's not as if you know it's not as if they couldn't make some adjustments to to refine that a bit better. It really did look and feel as if they'd almost just um, done uh, responsive web design on on their desktop version of the table, and uh, the result was very uh, you know very frustrating. So um, so yeah, no, I, I think maybe that goes back to our, our earlier discussion. Where are you doing? most of your work and where are you willing to give up some some trade-offs right you have to be willing to give up some trade-offs in in any tool that i think you pick there's not one tool that's perfect for everyone and there's not one tool that is going to tick off every single box for you as the as the individual so decide what are you willing to either give up or willing to not be as fast or as easily accessible on one of those two platforms and if that's okay, well, then, you know, go ahead and, and proceed with it. But uh, no, I, I would agree. I, I think that's a, a very, um, uh, a very educated comment. It's tough to find something that is just as good or equally as good on both platforms. Yeah, I'm going to be talking with a couple of uh, developers, coding individuals that are in obviously the app development space. So I'm, I'm learning, going to be learning a bit more behind the scenes because it's easy for us to look at the front end and go, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, I don't like this. But when you understand what's actually going on behind the scenes, the amount of work they put in for some of these things, I think eyes can open, especially when it comes to Notion. Loads of people want all these features, but they don't realize actually it takes however many months, hours work to go into it. Uh, there, there was an interesting interesting question brought up in chat. I want to move from analog to digital, but whenever I use digital tools, I mostly feel having no idea. So I'm assuming you're losing the idea when you're going to digital tools, which is interesting. I think that's not uncommon. Um, but when I go back to paper, I get back those ideas. How to solve this contradictory solution, uh, situation, sorry, my bad. For, for me, I know for me, I personally, I like... I like paper when it comes to brainstorming ideas in some contexts, um, but in others, I prefer the computer. So I think it's person and context specific. But my my advice, if if you if you'd have it, would be if it works for you, then use it. <laughs> if 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 it works, then use it, and then maybe transfer what you need elsewhere, or just take a picture and there's your picture. I mean, loads of apps have uh, Evernote. Obviously, you can grab grab the words from the page and put that into words. On, on the digital tool. So that would that would be how I would approach it. What about what about you? Yeah, you know, I think I think this is a, a question that the deeper and deeper we get into the 21st century, you have more and more people who feel like like they're almost being coerced into using digital tools, right? Even though yeah. they're comfortable with pen and paper or a notebook or a moleskin uh, notepad or, or something along the lights, they're they're feeling and and maybe unfortunately Maybe they have been judged by a friend or a coworker, like, why are you hauling that thing around you all the time? Or, or why are you still using post-it notes or a whiteboard or, or something along those lines? And, and I would agree with you, Danny, is that what works best for you, that's what counts, right? What, what works best for you, especially if we're talking about brainstorming and getting those ideas out. You know, a lot of people are surprised. Now, this, I think most of this is scratched off. I have, I start my day with like a single, um, a single piece of full scap um, almost every single day. And it's just meant for many of those notes that would go into Google Keep, for example, but this is so much faster because what if I am in a wonderful conversation like this with you, but I've got that great idea. I wanna be able to quickly capture that off the side of my desk and then refocus myself with what's going on here. So I think a lot of the uh, struggles that, um, uh, that come up is, is often have to do with speed. 
right? It's often nine times out of 10, most of us, it's so much quicker for us to write it down. Grab that pen or pencil or maybe a stylus and just write it in our own handwriting versus using our thumbs or grabbing the keyboard and, and maybe you're not as fast or as skilled as a, as a typist as, as you'd like to be. And so those are all barriers to getting that idea down or, or capturing that. I think the other thing that comes up, uh, maybe it wasn't a part of this specific question, is that if you're using a digital tool, you're forcing yourself to sort of swim through other digital things that may be distracting you. So if you have to open up your app, just by opening up the app, you have to glance at your home screen for a split second and something's going to catch your eye. Or even if you get into the proper app, you're in the wrong folder or something, you know, something else grabs your attention. You don't usually have those same types of temptations or things that are pulling you away with, with pen and paper. So uh, not to say that you shouldn't still pursue perhaps looking at a digital tool that works best for you, but, but don't buy into the hype that we should all be using digital tools and you're doing the world a, a disservice. Now, obviously, um, you know, I think there's some, some positive things to be said about going paperless, whether that's for environmental reasons, whether that's for cost reasons, um, and often just for convenience reasons as well. It's really hard to collaborate with someone if you're exclusively using pen and paper. But uh, but again, when it comes to brainstorming, your own personal notes, ideas, quick things that you can maybe transfer to a digital tool later on, you know, if that's what works best for you, if that's the fastest and easiest way for you to get those ideas down and then go back and reference them later, don't let someone else tell you or, or bully you into thinking that you should be using this latest and greatest tool. Very, very true. And something else that I want to bring up before I before I divert a little bit is on paper, it's very easy to draw a circle around something or a square and draw a line, an arrow, squiggle, and and let your brain run wild. In, in a digital tool, if it's just a, a word editor or whatever it happens to be, typically you can't just click and go, let's go there. If it's a mind mapping tool, you're restricted with how much you can type, how much you can draw around it, whereas paper, you can do what you want with it. Fold it into a plane if you want. <laughs> you can do what you want with it. Um, and it gives you that flexibility to just be as erratic essentially with with your thoughts as you can be which is where i know when i was taking notes paper i would i'd draw squares and circles and lines and dotted lines for all all meaning different things but i do think it brings up another topic that is brought up a lot when it comes to applications is archiving security and storage cloud storage backups how many backups do you have do you store it locally um so Obsidian is an application I've been exploring recently for note-taking, and it's a local store app. It's a very code-looking heavy app. It's still in beta, technically, I think. Um, but it's, it's a great app stored locally as markdown files. And then you can upload it to the cloud in their Obsidian Publish. That does require a little bit of payment. And then you have the other, other side, where you've got Notion, Trello, Google, obviously, where are cloud-based services. What are your what are your thoughts, worries potentially about a doomsday? Oh no, Google goes down. <laughs> Where's all my data gone? Uh, what, what's what's your I guess your backup solution for that? Yeah, yeah, a really a really good question, and and I'm glad that you brought up the topic of security as well because I think more and more often people are concerned or or are worried you know what is google doing with my data right am, am i just am i just the product because i'm not paying anything or next to nothing uh, for these services and and as they customize their advertising and, and everything that goes along with that so when it comes to myself uh yeah i mean i i do um uh backup uh to the cloud using a backup service i'm currently using and have for a few years used iDrive as my primary uh, backup uh, backup service, and have been pleased uh, pleased with that, managing different uh, different devices and so forth. Uh, fortunately, have not had to use them for a serious, you know, breach or or corrupt hard drive or or something along those uh, along those lines. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed. Knock on <laughs> knock on wood. Um, you know, and then and then I think you also bring up a good point is that you know the various applications that we have. Uh, may or may not 
have a backup tool or a backup service. In fact, um, at the moment, I'm uh, uh, collaborating with a uh, with a tool that is providing a backup solution specifically uh, for Trello. Because I know that's one thing that a lot of um, users are um, a little hesitant in b before going sort of all in on an application. It's like, well, wait a minute. If 98% of our business is being run through this tool, what happens if it goes down or what happens if it accidentally deletes one of my boards and that type of thing? And that's, that's exactly what this solution is going to be uh, providing, right? Providing that security, that safety that you can hit an undo button. You can get back to a restore point of your choosing and, and, and make it simple and easy for those users to, uh, for those users to get to. Um, you know, I, this may see, this may sound a little too optimistic. Um, but I, I, I try to sort of bet on humanity. Uh, and that's a term, that's a term that um, I think was first, um, I first learned when it came to stocks and investing is that, you know, I am, I am very much an index fund um, investor myself. I want to. I want to bet on the entire market. I want to invest in a little bit of everything, which is essentially as betting on humanity that we are <laughs> going to do good things and we're going to do better things in the future. I'm not putting all of my money on one on one horse and ignoring something else over here. I mean, it's going to have its ebbs and flows, but I'm betting that as a whole, we as a human race are, are going to do well. And so I, I, I bring that up or I use it as an analogy is that I, I think organizations such as Google recognize how intertwined they are into everything. And I don't just mean from a revenue perspective. I, I don't just mean because they look at us as, as dollar signs and all the money they're making off of us individually. Social I think they dilemma. do. <laughs> <laughs> Social dilemma. Yeah, exactly. Great, great documentary. Um, I, I, I do believe that they're aware um, uh, that they are aware of how intertwined and how many of us are, 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 are using these tools, um, not just for business, but for day to day communication and that type of thing. And so that there are some safeguards, um, you know, there are things that are that are put in place. I'm not saying that they're angels. I'm not I'm not saying that they're perfect either. But no one on this planet is perfect uh, either, right? They're, they're human, just like you and I are human as well. But um, uh, but but again, it's it's it, that comfort level also sort of comes back to the individual as well, right? It comes back to the individual. I know that there are individuals who guard their privacy extremely tightly um, and and don't want any single piece of personal information to to be re revealed or exposed to to anyone else. I'll say I'm I'm a little I'm I'm a little bit closer to maybe the other side of that of that thinking that if I mean yeah obviously I don't want you or anyone else to see my bank accounts and and personal information that might be used to to mimic me in the future but there's a little part of me there's a little part of me is that you know if I'm not doing anything illegal if I if I've got nothing to hide yeah. if by chance my entire life was was strewn out for the world to see um, I could live with it right? I might not be, ha I, I wouldn't be happy with it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I wouldn't be happy with it, but, but you know what? I'm, it's, it's not something that's going to make me crawl, uh, crawl into a hole or something like that at the end of the day. I think part of it comes down to, to comfort level. And, uh, you know, we, we're so used to just ticking the terms of agreement, right? We're just so yeah. used to clicking that box. Oh, by the way, we updated our terms of agreement. Just click here. I mean, how many of us, how many of us have even read a portion None of us have read the whole thing, but how many of us have even read a portion of the terms and agreements that we that we click or or that we sign up for? So, I think many of us have have, have maybe grown into that comfort level as well. Maybe we do need to be a little more a little more cautious as these organizations have that much more control over what we do on a day to day basis. Yeah, that is very, very true. I know I can personally say that I, I will read uh, headlines of things as I'm scrolling through it. But if nothing sticks out, which the majority of the time, I don't understand half the words they're talking about because it's in a language described like all oh, hidden away. I yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just click it and then just hope, which I know is bad. I know it's bad. I shouldn't do it. Slap on the hand. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Applications. You mentioned lots of applications. I know on your channel you explore not necessarily uh, vast applications all over the place. Uh, I've explored some applications recently that are, um, let's say, 
unique applications. Uh, Natoto is one that springs to mind. A uh, member in my community, Gail, I'm not sure whether he's listening in on the background, uh, has nicknamed it Sheepzilla because essentially you can put, you can build your own world territory around your notes. So you can put a sheep next to your notes and make it as big or as small as you want. And it's a 3D world type thing. Very different. Um, when you when you see new applications that come out, Ample Note you've recently reviewed, what's your what's your initial thought uh, when looking at those apps as to whether you're going to use it or not use it? Do you look at them and go, I like this, but I'm not going to use it because I've already got a system? Or how does how does that decision making happen? Yeah, I, I think I think for me, and and I imagine this is similar to to a lot of other individuals, is being able to see the benefit relatively quickly, right? Being able to see the benefit relatively quickly. Um, you know, when I first was introduced to Notion, I, I could recognize the the beautiful design and the layout, but I, I, I didn't see how it was going to affect my workflow or work style. So that was, that was to take nothing away from the app um, and, and what it was doing and, and how it was built and, and how it's been built out since then. It's just, you know, I didn't see how that was going to play into my into my day to day. So I think I think being able to see that relatively quickly, I think a lot of us, um, especially if you are, um, I mean, someone like myself, yourself, Francesco from Keep Productive, when we're touching so many apps all the time, you can sort of get a feeling if, if someone is really just taken a lot of stuff from someone else or they're, they're trying to compete head to head with someone else. I'm always looking for that differentiator, right? Like what, what is going to set them apart? Um, speaking of Apple note, which yeah, I just reviewed um, uh, earlier this uh, earlier this week. I like that they're trying to sort of uh, build on the concept of taking a, a rough idea or a jot as they refer to it, and then building it out into a more functional note and then eventually to a task and then to your calendar. So I, I like that concept because you don't always have that with other uh, either note taking or task management tools. I mean, yeah, in terms of how you take the note, that's pretty straightforward. You can you can see that in, in a variety of other applications, but at least they're trying to differentiate themselves um, from someone uh, from someone else. So so I think that's that's one of the key things that I'll look like or I'll look for. Uh, the other thing is, can it integrate some way somehow with the tools that I'm already using? Right? Can it speak? To something that I'm that I'm already using, and hopefully beyond just uh, my email client or my calendar. That might be sort of baseline or, or base level if it's appropriate for that particular for that particular tool. But will it speak to other tools that I'm using in relation to that task or what I'm wanting it to do? And I know that that can be a tough job for new applications who they're just starting out, right? I mean, they're just in an early version themselves. But I think if they're smart. They'll think ahead as to, okay, what are most of our users going to be wanting to do next? Or how are they going to be relating this app to, uh, to something else? I think those, those integrations are, are certainly a, a key point. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And having explored, I'm not sure how familiar you are with my recent, uh, so the last two weeks, I've streamed every day, exploring at least one app every day. I've managed to explore, I think, about 34 apps in the last two weeks, all of them completely new, completely brand new, different. I don't remember the names of all of them, of course, but they're live streamed. Um, and what, what I was finding is a lot of applications have the same features. It's just a different button, a different menu, a different look, different colors. And I, and I was really looking for those, those standout features. What makes this different to something else? Uh, and a lot of the applications, I've got to say, a lot of the applications are very much carbon copies of other apps I've seen, other apps that are already out there, very, very popular. They pick a big app such as Todoist, Evernote, Notion, whatever it happens to be, Roam in the in the linking space. And they take all those features and then they just change, change the look. They change the, the clothing of it. And I'm thinking, I need, I need something else. Where's, where's that, that spark? Um, and I, th I think in the application building space, just in general, it's going to be very difficult to, to really stand out, especially with all the apps that are out there. Uh, so good luck developers. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 a tall order, right? It, it really is a tall order. That that space is ever so crowded, and 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 again, if you if you can, I think it's very much like in the lines of business, right? If you can if you can focus 
on your your niche, your your narrow area of expertise or how you're going to help someone. And hopefully, you know, these productivity app makers make the same decision making as well. Don't try to be the all in one tool. Do your thing or do that one thing very, very well or better than most of the competition. And then you can find uh, you can find success. Yeah, we're, we're closing in on an hour. So I want to ask you one more question before we before we start wrapping it up. So when it comes to the applications, I would imagine, as, as you said, integrating tools together would be is ideal, ideal world, you'll have everything integrated. So it all all syncs up in some way or another. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad you're in agreement with me and that I don't think there is an all in one app. And I don't think there ever will be my personal my personal thoughts. Um, how do you reckon the the world of the app space will look like in a couple of years with all the integrations? Do you think it will be an app to hold all the apps that you're using? Or will it just be an integration of multiple tools like a, a digital toolbox, essentially? How do you think that that will work in the future? Yeah, this is this is a really hard question. It's, it's a hard question to ask, um, or a hard question to answer, I should say. Yeah. You did a great you get a, you did a great job of asking it. Um, <laughs> it's a fun question to talk about. <laughs> I I find it's, it's it's it'll be interesting where uh, tools or bridges like Zapier, for example, what happens to them in in the coming five years. Um, because they are such an essential part of many people's toolboxes is connecting their tools together, or if this, then that, you know, connecting certain triggers and, and automation and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, I, I would like to think that, and this really comes down to the individual user, uh, and I, I recommend this to a lot of my, a lot of my clients, especially when I'm coaching someone one-on-one, -on -one. often their number one problem is they're using too many tools. And mm. I don't mean that they're duplicating things. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean that they're, they've got three task managers, but they've just got too many things where they're going to and reviewing things and checking in on this and on that. Whereas, you know, I try to help them bring it down to maybe five key tools that they're using on a, on a daily basis. And, and that, that, that might go beyond the productivity space as well. You know, as I spoke a little bit briefly or a little bit earlier about like an email marketing client, that might be one of those tools, you know, could, what, what could you do? In fact, I find it's often uh, a fun game to play is, you know, if you could only, if you could only install, you know, seven apps on your phone, which one would they be? Gun to your head, which seven, uh, th these are the only apps you can use for the coming year, which ones would you keep on your phone? And sometimes that can be sort of a clue as to where you can shed some tools and, and where you can focus more focus more energy. So I I don't know. We we we've come out we've come a long way where we still have a lot of tools that are promoting themselves as an all-in-one solution or an all-in-one tool. Um I think there is maybe further room to develop in terms of connecting tools together for collaboration. Right? So um I know, you know, a tool that I often speak highly of is uh, Unito which connects a variety of tools like Asana and Trello and Basecamp and, and, and a variety of other popular tools so that if you love working in Asana, but I love working in Trello, but we want to collaborate together on something, we can still do it in our preferred tools and it just maps over, right? We just need to map the fields and, and that type of thing. So I think that might be an area of greater development where it's uh, maybe a little less manual that we don't have to go in and actually map it ourselves, but just uh, let the uh, technology do it for us. Say like, hey, I'm a Notion person. He's a, he's a Trello person. I use Google Keep for my notes. He uses Evernote, but we wanna work together or we wanna merge something. And there's already something sort of in the in the background that can make those connections for us and, and make it seamless. So I, I hope some of that may be coming uh, coming down the line. Yeah, same here. And there's an application I've been uh, on trial for called Beeper. Uh, and it's about bringing all of your social media messages all into one place, similar to Facebook and Instagram, but it's for everything, YouTube, SMS, like text and everything. I'm looking forward to that one. There is another question in chat. Do you have enough time, do you reckon, to answer that one as well? Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Love to. Awesome, okay. In regards to this, what is your opinion, guys, on Microsoft 365 Suite from Outlook to Power Automate and so on? suited for small businesses. Um, I, I must say Microsoft 365, I, I use it a lot because I use Word, PowerPoint, et cetera, 
But that's about the extent of my use because I'm a very big Google user and Notion. Um, so I, I feel like I would be very, very biased <laughs> when answering that question. Uh, Scott, what about you? I, I'm, I might be a little biased as well. Um, again, I, I too use uh, and am fairly deep in the Google ecosystem myself. Um, I would say something that Microsoft has done a fantastic job over, in my opinion, over the last five years or so is its um, uh, mobile apps. In fact, um, I've had to remind, you don't know how many times I've had to remind people to go and install the actual Outlook email client <laughs> rather than just the iPhone, you know, the, the standard email client. I said, it's, it's great. It's it, like, if you're using Outlook, I, I don't mean if you're not using Outlook, but if you're already using Outlook, um, use the actual official Outlook client. Don't just use the standard iPhone or, or Android uh, email client that comes with your phone. Go and use that itself. So I would um, probably agree. I am not as fully aware of some of the more advanced tools when it comes to the Microsoft suite. I still use uh, Excel, Word, and PowerPoint on a daily basis, um, You know, even though I may store much of my files using Google Drive, and I use those tools as well. Um, it's it's primarily sort of those those front facing or more um, or more popular tools so so maybe not the uh, maybe not the answer you were you were looking for but uh, but a great uh, a great question nonetheless yeah yeah Gabriel that was a really good question and uh, yeah it's 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 a tough one Microsoft Google all the apps what to use when to use them <laughs> uh, this conversation could go on for hours, and uh, I, I have loads of questions. So maybe maybe you'll join me uh, another time, maybe at some point in the, in the future. Maybe, maybe. Uh, we, we will see. But it's it's come to the hour. So Scott, do you want to point people into any specific direction, or is it uh, YouTube? Uh, absolutely. So yeah, if you're looking for productivity tips, especially as it pertains to your software and your technology, uh, be sure to visit me at the Simpletivity YouTube channel. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what I do and how I might be able to help you or possibly your organization, you can visit me at Simpletivity.com. Uh, if you do want to connect via social, uh, my tag is Scott D. Friesen. Don't forget the initial Scott D. Friesen in basically all of the major social media platforms. I look forward to, uh, to hearing from you in the future. Awesome. It was great to have you, Scott. And I hope everyone's got something out of it. Dawn looks like she had fun. And Ocean here, Kim, Gabriel. Awesome. So I will be, uh, I'll be live in a couple of days. So until then, everyone, have a good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is where you are. And I'll see you guys in a couple of days.